You're now listening to the A Place of Refuge Productive Living Podcast with Bishop Barry D. Walker. A Place of Refuge vision is to cause people to be productive in every aspect of life according to God's Word. For more information, please stop by our website at www.aplaceofrefugechurch.org. Now, here's today's message already in progress. When it comes to the Word, church... I want to give you three definitions in reference to the church based upon uh, the Greek word kurios and the Hebrew word ekklesia. Um, The first definition of church comes from the Greek word kuriosdom, which simply means the house of the Lord. The place where we come to worship and receive from God what we need to live by. We remember what Jesus said to the devil in Matthew 4 and 4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We, we come to God's house to get that which he has ordained for us to live by. We take it and we apply it to our thoughts, our words, and our deeds. The second meaning of church that also stems from curios is kairostatus, which means belonging to the Lord. And it's not just referring to the building, but it's referring to the saints of God. We belong to him. Paul said to the church that we are not our own. We have been purchased with the price. And therefore we have to glorify God in our, in our body, in our spirit, and our soul because we belong to him. We belong to him. And we have to let folks know that we belong to the Lord in the house and outside the house. You should never be ashamed to let folks know your testimony. To let folks know who you serve. Even though we are in a day and time where people are disrespecting the name of Jesus. We're not going to do so. Reason being, we would still be jacked up if it hadn't been for him. Oh, maybe it's just me, but, but if you know what I'm talking about, just say to somebody, I would still be jacked up. From the flow up. If it had not been for Jesus. 
me and Brother Ant were talking earlier. If uh, New Year's Eve, oh man, we would have started getting drunk before we went to work this morning. And been sneaking throughout the day on the job to get, to get a little swig, as we used to call it. And maybe a little snort. And, and once, punched the clock out, it was on. Going to get everything. And when the New Year roll in would be drunk. High. How many remember those days? But ain't it a blessing that we learned better? We thought we were partying back then. But the real party is in God's house. We belong to him. And we know point blank can't. Nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do us like who? Jesus. Say that to one person. Can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody. And so the church has to do with that which belongs to him. As it concerns the building as well as the people. Lastly, the Hebrew word for church, ecclesia. The call out once. People that God brought out of the world to sanctify, to set apart in order for them to be used for two things His purpose. And his glory. We've been called out of darkness. Which is sin. Into the marvelous light. Of salvation. And we're glad to be saved. I said we're glad to be saved. Not perfect but glad to be saved. And when it comes to being the church, God does not expect a person that belongs to him to be perfect, be flawless. But he does expect those that he grants salvation to allow him to build them. Let me show you a quick scripture. Let's go to Matthew 16 and 18. Something that he said to Peter. That was personal to Peter but prophetic in reference to us. I said it was personal to Peter. But it was prophetic in reference to us. Matthew 16 and 18. You ready? 
Notice he says in the 18th verse, the middle part, and on this rock, which is a reference to the word, I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. Notice what he's going to do in reference to his church. Why was he so specific about his church? Because every church is not a Jesus church. Every church in this nation is not a Jesus church. Every church in this world is not a Jesus church. Every church in this little city is not a church. Because there are some churches, some saints, even some saints, that will not allow God to build them the way he desires to do so. Notice again, upon this rock, upon revelation, I'm going to build my church. I'm going to build my church. He takes individuals and he joins them together. And that's how we become the church of the body of Christ. He takes folk that came from different backgrounds. Puts the Holy Spirit in them. And then he connects them. So they can be his church. Some of us, we didn't even know each other. But God decided. I want you to go to a place of refuge because there are people there that are completely different from you, saving. You have the Holy Spirit like they have the Holy Spirit, and I'm going to join y'all together. And we can't get in the flesh because sometimes God may join you with somebody. That you may not like everything about them. But consider yourself. You don't like everything about yourself. I mean, you, you love yourself, but you don't like everything about yourself. What are you saying, Pastor? If, if it was some things that you could change about yourself, you would change it. If you're in here tonight saying, I wouldn't change if, if God gave me an opportunity to change anything about myself, I wouldn't change that. See, you lying in church. You would change something. How many would change something about yourself? See, if he going to build the church, you, you have no say because you don't like certain things about a person. Upon this rock, I will build my He going to build it. And so he going to connect you with somebody that may be completely different from you. Other than both of you are Christian. And have the Holy Spirit. 
and you set aside your differences and you do according to John 16 to 13, you be led by the Spirit of God. I will build my church. And then he goes on to say, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. The gates of Hades refer to enemies, powerful enemies, that oppose God and his church. Notice he, he has to build it in such a way to where the gates of Hades are the enemies of God and the church will not prevail against it. The root meaning of prevail is to be stronger. Now we, we have been taught that the devil, well some of us have been taught uh, that the devil is nothing, our enemies are nothing, but we don't learn better. But notice the text. If, if we allow him to build a place of refuge the way he desires to build it, no matter what the enemies of God do, they will not be able to prevail against what God has built or his church. But he has to join us and, and we can't resist or fight him unifying us. When you got unity, there is strength. But a house divided is not going to stand. It's not going to last. And that's the reason there are churches that, that the devil can come in and just tear everything up. There are churches the devil can come in an auxiliary and just start messing everything up to the point to where folk could be operating in an auxiliary but not liking somebody in it. It's one thing not to like certain ways, but you can't not like a person because you don't like that person's ways. Why? Because that's not Christian. Jesus said, you'll know my disciples. How? They're going to have love. I know you don't like my shoes, but I do. But you got to love me. You understand what I'm saying? You may not like something about a person, but you have to love that person if you truly Christian. The gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. But we have to allow him to build his, his church. Now, Paul knew that if the Lord was going to build the church according to Matthew 16 and 18, that the saints of God had to have a Christ-like mind. No way around it. They had to have a Christ-like Mind. And that's the reason we get Philippians 2 and 5. Let this mind be in you. That was also in Christ Jesus. 
Let it be in you. Don't fight what God is giving you to transform your mind. Take what he's giving you and allow your mind to be changed or transformed for the better. Romans 12 and 2 says, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove or, or know what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. But, but you have to yield or say yes to the process. When the word comes and, and, and it starts telling you to think a certain way. That's what you have to do. Why is that? Because when it, when, it, when it comes to the mind, and I want you to remember this, the base meaning of mind is to think. The base meaning of mind is to think. And, and I could give you several definitions of of thinking, but I only want to drop three things on you tonight in reference to thinking. First thing, when I, when I think, it says that I'm comprehending or understanding something or somebody. When I'm thinking, I'm comprehending or understanding something or somebody. And in the midst of Understanding or comprehending something or somebody, the second definition is vital because the second definition of think is to form thoughts. And I have to be careful. I'm sure that, that, that I'm sincere when it comes to, to, to comprehending or understanding what's going on with something or somebody because if I do not, the thoughts that I form will be in contrast to the written and revealed will of God. You, you know, because sometimes you, you, can, you can think something about somebody that's totally wrong. You holding on? Especially when you allow your senses to be part of the process. I don't know what it is, but it's something about that girl that I don't like. So you, you are allowing your senses, your pessimistic or negative senses to be a part of your thought process. You don't need to do that. 
you, 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 need, you need to form thoughts, but they need to be based upon you clearly understanding something or somebody. And the final definition of thinking is, is when, you, when you make mental choices. You done comprehend it. You got an understanding. And so now you're going through the thought process and you conclude it with mental choices. Before you order something, you know specifically what you should or shouldn't say because you have made a mental choice or choices. How many are understanding? And so thinking is important when it comes to the mind, again, because the base meaning of mind is to think. Look like I lost all but three folk. I need you to grasp as much as I can. I'm being real elementary tonight. The base meaning of mind is to And when it comes to thinking, first definition is to comprehend or understand something or second Definition, you're going to form thoughts based upon your understanding. And the third definition is you're going to make a a mental choice. That's what you're going to do. Now, one thing we have to be as as thinkers, since being a thinker is is vital to having a Christ-like mind, we have to be Sober thinkers. Let me show you what Paul said in uh, Romans 12. Romans 12 and 3. I want to read it. Ready? Romans 12 and 3. For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you. He talked to, he talked to the entire church. Not to think of himself or herself more highly than he or she ought to think. But to think how? As God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. So your thinking should be based on your faith. But notice specifically he says that, that we should think soberly. I want to just deal with that tonight. We should think how? Soberly. A sober thinker in one sense is a serious thinker. You're serious. You, you, you're not just going to waste time. You're not going to play around when it comes to your thinking. 
Because you recognize what you think is significant and essential when it comes to being productive in life. You recognize when it comes to the church, you have to be serious in reference to your thinking because you have to have the mind of a serious person. Your mind has to be like Christ. Was Christ serious? Was he sober? Yeah, I mean, folk would ask him questions like, uh, you, you a child, what you doing? I got to be about my father's business. Didn't you know that? That's how serious he was when, when it came to thinking. At, at the age of 12, he, he, was, he was listening to people in the church and asking them different questions because of how serious he was when it came to the things of God. You know, you, you just don't entertain everything that somebody says. You, you have to be picky when, when it comes to certain things. It, it's just like some of us are listening to anybody uh, teach or preach. No, but when you get seared, you know, everybody can't feed me. I don't eat at everybody's table. Now, see, some of us, we like that when, when it comes to uh, physical food. You, ain't gonna, you won't eat it at everybody's table. You pick it. Folks tell you, say, let's go, let's go to the buffet. I don't eat buffets. And that's how some of us are. You got to be a certain way when it comes to eating God's word. You can't just, you can't just receive from any person. You want your food that comes from God to be anointed. You want it to be tied into what God has ordained for you to have. Or specifically, you want a rainbow. A tailor-made word. And so you have to be a serious thinker in order to have the mind of Christ. Amen? Amen. I'm going to stop right there. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. We're on a new year.